Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode with the Guna for Life. It's your one and only Jay on the mic. As you can tell from my voice, I'm a bit on a hype one today. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling good. So good! Nah, on all honesty, if you clocked from my voice from last episode, I was a bit lacklustre. It was because of the weather. I was playing with my emotions and it made me sick. But I'm feeling good, I'm feeling 100, I'm feeling on point, I'm back. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about... I'm not sure if you guys saw it, the David Ornstein's tweet uh, that he tweeted on Monday, I think. Um, I'm going to read that out to you. I'm also going to talk about the case of Mesut Ozil. And I'm going to go with the title with this, with the curious case of Mesut Ozil. I don't know, it, it kind of... It's, it's kind of sounding intriguing to me. I feel like, ooh, I feel, I'm feeling that. And then we also, obviously, we're going to go into the game because the EPL is back, is back, is back for good. Hey, hey, it's back, it's back. Finally, international week is over. Our beloved Premier League is back. So stay tuned, guys. I'll be right back. guys and we're gonna keep this episode rolling we're gonna start off with um david ornstein's tweet now for those of you that don't know david he works at um, bbc as a journalist um he is the king when it comes to releasing breaking news for transfers regarding especially arsenal and he's my guy to go to so if you're an arsenal fan i would definitely advice to follow him i think his twitter is at bbc david ornstein so my advice would to to follow him straight away especially if you're an arsenal fan regarding to what he tweeted he wanted to go and say arsenal spent more than 100 million in the summer of 2016 i was told by several sources that even greater finance would be available in the transfer window just gone the club say a significant chunk of the budget went on to lacazette transfer fee 50 million as we all know and the salaries of Lacazette and Kolasinic to make uh, further major signings Thomas Lamar was the key target and fulfill Wenger's pledge to keep in the Sanchez Mesut and the Ox Arsenal would have to boost their transfer key and create space on the wage bill and and create space in the wage bill in need of careful management to avoid the uh, breaching the Premier League salary control rules. As such, clubs and agents were made aware that Arsenal will, will be entertaining offers, the likes of Chesney, Giroud, Wilshire, Anelny, Kieran, Chambers, Jenkinson, Agpon and others. Clearly, this process did not go smoothly, for example. Giroud and Wilshire decided to stay. Wenger changed his mind on Chambers. Perez asked to leave. Was told he was priced out of a permanent move, so end up on loan. The departure of Gibbs took longer than expected. Gabriel was suddenly sold. Mustafi asked to leave, which suited Arsenal. 
because they gave them a chance to replace a player they were disappointed with in honesty and except they failed to land in the replacement uh, meanwhile, he goes on to say, meanwhile, Arsenal encountered problems with some of those they do not want to lose. Uh, for example, Hector Bellerin turned from the Euro 21s and, and told Wenger he wanted to leave and meant interest from Barcelona. Chamber rejected a new deal and eventually told Wenger he wanted out. No contract took place regarding Ozil's since March. Sanchez also made it clear that he desired to exit the Emirates. Given Ozil's generated little interest, Sanchez could only go if Arsenal got huge money, plus a top quality replacement, and it was inconceivable to lose three key players on a free transfer next summer. The Ox was always the most realistic. Nonetheless, Wenger genuinely wanted to try and keep the trio. He was stunned and bitterly disappointed when Ox rejected the club's final offer which was an enormous pay rise and which could have been to nearly 180,000 if Arsenal made it back into the Champions League. Uh, he goes on to say, and I'm told Wenger did not hold back when the Ox told him face to face that he wanted to move. Ox price was 55 million, while money also came in for the likes of Chesney, Gibbs and Gabriel. And on that face, it left Arsenal with a profit in the transfer window. No one knows on top of that how much Southampton got as a sell-on fee clause for the Ox. So, with a shambles on the pitch, it's the shambles even more off the pitch. And thanks to David himself, King David, <laughs> give us a bit of clarity on what is really going on at the football club. There are questions on the pitch and there are questions off the pitch. And we always knew there was questions off the pitch, but now we're starting to see a bit of truth to the lies that we've been told over and over again. So thanks to none other than David himself, we appreciate your reliable information as always. I'm not going to go on to the transfer market too much because we just want to close that chapter. We're done, dusted. The next subject that I do want to talk about. Ah, before I do move on, did anyone see his shocking display for England? Like, we got 35 million for Ox for that. Like, Arsenal must be running to the bank. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I don't even want to go into it, man. I'm not going to go into it. I'm just going to move on. But let's just say hallelujah to that. Let's go on to the next subject. And this next subject is about none other than the Mesut Ozil. So I came out with the title, The Curious Case of Mesut Ozil, bruv. I know you like that. Obviously, you know where I nicked that from. <laughs> but it is a curious case. It's it's a case where everyone must be wondering why Ozil can go off to Germany, look like a world beater, look like, you know, a world champion, and then come back to Arsenal. Doesn't look like he's worth a packet of crisps, to be honest. I don't think he looks that bad, in all honestly, but if you compared him to how he performs with Germany, there is a big different contrast. Now, I think I've come to a conclusion uh, why this is the case. Ozil at Arsenal looks around, he sees Theo Walcott, Coughlin, Anelny, Ramsey, you know, players that are not on the, the likes of the calibre of the Tony Cruz, the Julian Draxler, top quality German players. Whereas Arsenal case, he's stuck with mediocre players. So he is doing the goods. It's just that we're not noticing it because the chances are not being taken in honesty. And of course, Ozil's body language doesn't help his case. 
I always believed in this guy's ability and I thought to myself, ish, he is world class. But as time went on, I started to see his body language and his body language, like I said, doesn't help his case. You know, you always got to put effort in. Regardless, the number one thing before talent is putting effort in. So I didn't see that effort and I just saw a guy that struggled to come to the terms of the league, that lacked consistency, and but then goes off to Germany, plays to his best. And that's in all reality because in Germany, he's got world-class players surrounding him that he can rub off. Whereas Arsenal, you know, you look around, what can you say is total, like, you know, proper world-class? Um, Sanchez, Koscielny, Czech. But can you name other and be like, not forget world-class, like top quality. Because world class is, you know, it's Messi's brackets. But I'm talking about top quality. I don't even put Theo in top quality. I don't put those players in top quality. I don't see that, unfortunately, Arsenal. And that's the case. It's either Arsenal surround good players around him to get the best out of this guy. Or it's probably we're going to have to watch another year where the fans are on his case. Like I was, the, the pundits on his case. And, you know, we all saw the, what he posted on Facebook the other day like last week regarding after Arsenal's defeat to Liverpool where he told uh, the legends to shut up and support the team. He's right. In all honesty, he's right because yes, two games that we've lost and yes, I know it's the same repetitive things that have happening and it feels like we're on a loop but we can't give up. We shouldn't give up hope. I don't think we should give up hope. There's a long season ahead. Um... Am I optimistic we're going to win the title? No, I'm not optimistic we're going to win the title. But Ozil's right. The club, the fans, the players need to be united as one. I just want to see Arsenal push for the title. If we don't win against a team that's just better than us and just spent more than us, it's understandable. I just want to watch Arsenal challenge for a title throughout the whole season. Not period of a season and then die out throughout the whole season and that would of course give us confidence for future seasons like Ozil said I think we need to get behind the team I think we need to support the team so moving on um, last but not least on this episode the Premier League's back Arsenal are at home this weekend to Bournemouth I haven't decided if I'm going to the game um, I think I might be working honestly gotta check the rotor Ugh, but also have a difficult game in Bournemouth. I'm sure Eddie Howe will have his players pumped up, especially the way they lost to City, which was quite heartbreaking. Sterling scored in the 97th minute when they only had five minutes added on time. So I'm sure Eddie Howe will be telling his players, look, Arsenal are not in a, the best place at the moment. They're under a lot of stress. They're, they're not performing to their best. Let's take full advantage of the situation and let's just go at them. I hope Arsenal is telling his players that as well because he needs to start informing his players that, yo, you know, the team knows we're under, we're under the microscope at the moment. So we need to perform. We need to be on our toes and perform to our best. And that's what Arsenal need to do on Saturday. The good thing is that head-to-head-wise, we've never lost to Bournemouth in a Premier League game. Now, I know they've only met four times and they drew um, once on... Uh, no, they met five times, sorry, and they drew once on that occasion where 
that famous draw last year where Hector Bloom was booed. I think was that was it that game or was it the Crystal Palace game? I'm not sure. It was one of those two games, and we were losing three 0 at half time, and we came back three three miraculously. I don't know how, but it's also for you. The good thing is the reality we've never lost to Bournemouth in the Premier League. That's uh, a stat Arsenal can go into with a little bit of confidence and say to themselves, well, you know what, we've never lost to this team in the Premier League. Um, let's make sure it stays like that. I don't know if we're going to convert back into a 4-3-3. I think Arsenal should against the, the lesser teams. Now, if we're travelling to City, United or the Bridge, I understand if we play five at the back or the three at the back, whatever you want to call it, the three at the back, four across the midfield. I understand if we play that. But I think against the lesser teams, it's best that we let our football do the talking and Bournemouth will come to play football. That we know for a fact, unless, you know, Eddie comes with a tactical master plan to stop Arsenal from playing. But I don't see that happening. He usually likes to play football and he did the same against City. They tried to play football. Well, the time they had the ball, they didn't have much of the ball in all honesty. But they did try to play football and they nearly got a result out of that. So Arsenal do need to be on their best, no doubt. I would like for us to go into a 4-3-3. I would like to see Koscielny and Mustafi brought back into the, the centre-back and give them a run at games because those two need to start forming a bond this early this season. So as the season continues, they can have a better understanding between each other like they did at the beginning of last season. So that would be good if we can get Mustafi and my man Koscielny back in that centre-back. The tough one is either playing Nacho or Kolasinic. I would give Nacho a little rest. I'll give Nacho a little rest and I'll pick Kolasinic ahead of this game in the midfield now we've got an option of three in that midfield I would play Ramsey but the problem is Ramsey and Ozil can't play in that middle there's no way because they too much of a liability they cause Xhaka all sorts of problems yes Xhaka's caused himself a lot of problems with his passing his um, lackluster passing but those two in the midfield with Ramsey and Ozil, they don't offer no sort of protection to Xhaka, especially when Arsenal are facing a counter-attack. I would like to bring back Anelny into the team. I just want Anelny and Xhaka to sit quite deep, give a little bit Anelny a bit of um, room freedom to push further, or give Xhaka a little bit of room freedom to push further because I think Anelny is quite more reliable on the ball. As everyone noticed, the guy doesn't lose the ball. Yes, he's not the most forward-thinking when it comes to the final third, I agree. But keeping the ball and keeping the, the play neat, and I don't think no one can beat Anelny in that sense, in that midfield. It is what it is for the meantime, and that's what we have, so we're going to have to make the most of what we have. So Anelny and... So Anelny, Xhaka and Ozil in that midfield... Along with Sanchez, you can put Ramsey on that side. It's up to Arsene. He can put Ramsey on that side. He can put... He can, I would play Ramsey on that side because it allows our Arsenal to almost get an extra body into that midfield. And we know Ramsey can always pop up for a goal or two. And he did really well in a few seasons back 
on that position. I enjoyed him playing that position. It was less less responsibilities for him because every time we were facing counter-attack it was nowhere to be seen it was just the defensive midfielder by himself and Arsenal were always caught exposed so I think with Xhaka and Naoni will give a lot of security especially for if allow Arsenal fullbacks to go forward and an overlap which will allow Ramsey to tuck in and give the spaces for the fullback. So yeah, I would go with that team and obviously up front starting with Lacazette. So I'm going to stick with a 4-3-3. The big shock is I'm going to drop Nacho on this occasion and give him a little breather. If we do decide to play um, free at the back, I will go with Nacho, Kolasinic, I mean, no, Nacho, Koscielny and Mustafi. I think I'm going to mistaken those two names a lot, Kolasinic and Koscielny. <laughs> but yeah, I'll go with those three at the back. And then I'll go with Klasenic and Hector Bellerin occupying the wing-backs. To midfield, Xhaka and Anelny. Front, Lacazette spearing the attack with Ozil and Sanchez on each side. So, that's our option if we decide to play the 3-4-2-1. Um, but if we decide to play the 4-3-3, it's also an option of... Koscielny and Mustafi, along with Hector Kolasinic in the midfield of Xhaka and Anelny, those two just sitting and centre midfield occupying the midfield. And just ahead of them with Ozil, Sanchez and Ramsey with Lacazette up front. I think that team will get the points on the board that we need to get things moving, to bring back in the confidence and to bring back the feel the feel good factor at Arsenal Football Club in general. Good news, there was news that Sanchez might be injured, but it looks like he's on his way back. I never doubted it to be honest. The guy like a you know, it's like a dog chasing a bone, doesn't want to stop playing football. <laughs> um but so that's good news for Arsenal. Obviously Arsenal never losing to Bournemouth is good confidence is taken to the game. Um I hope you guys enjoy the game. Hopefully, I'll get to watch the game somehow. I'll find a way to watch the game. Um, before I do leave, I'm not actually not. I'm not gonna do it. I'll no no. I'm before I do leave. Someone sent me the other day. Um, yesterday was it a quiz? I thought instead of doing it by myself, I'll do it with you guys. So it's an answer quiz, obviously. This well, I've got five questions here that I've gonna answer so i'm gonna honestly guys i have not and i mean it i have not looked this up this is just purely at the top of my head so i thought i would use this now so i'm gonna start off with the first question is goal scorer save kolasinic in 2017 community showed so which player set up these goals so who set up kolasinic in 2017 community showed Xhaka? Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, that's Xhaka obviously, because it was only a few months ago, surely my memory's not that burnt. <laughs> um, second, uh, second goal scorer, Aaron Ramsey, 2017 Emirates FA Cup final. Obviously, I was there. Um, that goal was set up by none other than Olivier Giroud himself. Another question, on the third question, goal scorer, Olivier Giroud against Crystal Palace on New Year's Day. Another game I was at live, mad goal to witness, absolute mad goal. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was the Scorpion one. So I'm going to go with Sanchez assisted him on that one. 
Ooh, this goes a bit way back. I don't know if my memory can jog that far, but this is quite a bait one, I think. Um, number four, goal scorer, Tony Adams versus Everton in 1998. I'm going to go with um, Steve Bold. I remember Martin Tyler saying, can you believe it? Yeah, so he was, I think Steve Bold dinked it over the, um, the high line defence and Adams latched onto it like a strike and dispatched with quite pure ease. I was a kid on top of that then, so I don't know how I remember it. Number five, goal scorer Thierry Uri against Leeds United in 2012. Oh, that's a quick, tricky one. He's got a hat trick. Oh, Leeds United against uh, in 2012. Obviously, sorry, I misread that question. See, I told you guys, honestly, I didn't, I did not look at the questions. I thought to myself, let me just save it straight away. So I'm going to reread that uh, last one. Last one is number five, goal scorer Thierry Henry against Leeds United in 2012. Um, that was when Henry's return for Arsenal. I'm going to go with Alex Song. Yeah, Alex Song, 100%. And I'm not for a fact I smashed that. So I'll let you guys be the judge of that if I, if I answer the questions correctly. But... That's it for all on this podcast today. Thank you very much for joining me as always. It's been a pleasure. Until next time, peace out guys.